0: You're listening to Rocky Mountain Review on 90.5 FM KCSU Fort Collins for Tuesday, February 6th. I'm Tyler Weatherwax, your assistant news director, and Lee Zimpel is your news director. We are the voices behind the Rocky Mountain Review news broadcast that airs every Tuesday and Thursday from 4 to 5 p.m. As always, we here at the Rocky Mountain Review strive to give you the most up to date, unbiased, and factual news. On today's show, learn more about the ways CSU is continuing its year of democracy and a new ASCSU tradition, and much more in campus news. And in local news, you'll learn more about one historic ghost town in a neighboring county, and more with Lee. Then you'll get a rundown of the latest music trends, which local restaurant has closed its doors for good, and some upcoming local events with me in Life and Events. Later on in the broadcast, two Colorado police departments are in national headlines right now. One is investigating a child homicide and the other settled to pay a family nearly $2 million. Learn more with Lee in National. And with that, we'll get started with campus news. Hello, I'm Tyler Weatherwax, and this is your Colorado State University campus news. The Year of Democracy continues here at Colorado State University. Last Friday, February 2nd, actress and activist Jane Fonda joined the conversation here on campus along with CSU President Amy Parsons. Fonda is best known for her acting career, but she has recently been dedicated to climate change and environmental activism. Fonda encouraged students to vote with the environment in mind and encouraged students to turn out in higher numbers for ASCSU elections. She also told students that change could happen at any time and to lean on your fellow students. The Associated Students of Colorado State University started a new tradition that took place last Wednesday. ASCSU hosted their State of the Association event for the first time. The event was molded after the State of the Union address and acted as an opportunity for ASCSU to share their accomplishments and future goals or projects. ASCSU shared things like their work on removing taxes from textbooks for CSU students, providing more pregnancy tests on campus, the ASCSU blood drive, and more. The event was attended by prominent members of the CSU community, including the university president, Amy Parsons. ASCSU President Nick DiSalvo also encouraged members of ASCSU to consider the legacy they intend to leave behind. For years, employees at Colorado State University have struggled to find affordable housing. CSU is now working on a new affordable housing opportunity that will help employees of the university. CSU has partnered with TeachRed Real Estate to build new apartments that will own the property rather than CSU. The university also struck a deal that even if T-Tread sells the property, the 57 apartments will still be open to CSU employees for the next 20 years. The apartments are still open for applications. Another issue that the faculty of CSU is facing is relocation on campus. Due to renovations in the Andrew G. Clark building, many of the building faculty are having issues due to the risk of hazardous materials. Several different departments have been forced to relocate already, including anthropology, geography, and history. The building was originally constructed in 1968 and is in much need of renovations. Those renovations will last anywhere from three to four years, including many other relocations. Coverage for these stories comes from the Rocky Mountain Collegian. Mm -hmm. Coming up next is Lee with your local news coverage. Learn about a local pet crematory facing accusations of fraud and more.
1: In local news, a longtime local pet crematory is facing accusations of fraudulent and misleading practices. Fort Collins-based Precious Memories Pet Cemetery and Crematory is being sued by two veterinary offices in northern Colorado. The lawsuit claims the crematory disposed pets in landfills and mass graves, despite charging owners for cremation services. It also accuses the company of sending clients clay paw or hoof prints that were made from other animals instead of their own. Samantha Jo Staggs is the director of the crematory, and according to CBS, she says the lawsuit is baseless. Staggs says the lawsuit has been very damaging to her company since it was filed and that she's gotten death threats from concerned clients. She says the accusations are upsetting and harmful. The two vets bringing the lawsuit are Edwards Veterinary Care and Western Skies Animal Rehabilitation. Both offices no longer work with the crematory, and the suit was filed Friday in Larimer County District Court. On top of the other accusations, both offices are saying the crematory caused reputation and financial harm. The suit also says the alleged fraud was discovered in September of 2022. According to Nine News, the Lermer County Sheriff's Office says it was not aware of any complaints about the crematory before the lawsuit. SAG says she's willing to speak to any concerned pet owner and that she's never intentionally misled anyone during the grieving process. Neither vet office has made a public statement since filing the lawsuit. Before February was dedicated Black History Month, one historic nearby ghost town made history for the black community in Colorado. And now the town could become part of the National Park Service. Deerfield is a deserted town in neighboring Weld County. In the early 1900s, it was one of the most prominent black farming communities. Today, it's falling apart and maybe a little easy to miss. Deerfield is located in a remote spot southeast of Greeley. What's left of the town is a handful of empty buildings, but it used to be a vibrant community. Deerfield was one of the 20 farming communities in Colorado, and it was founded by O.T. Jackson around 1910 to give his community the opportunity to work the land they owned. There were churches, offices, and farms, and about 200 people called it home. George Jun, who is a professor of Africana Studies at UNC, says that the easiest way of forgetting people is forgetting where they lived, and that Deerfield has disappeared into people's memories. Like hundreds of other communities, regardless of who lived in them, it was the Dust Bowl of the 40s that was Deerfield's downfall. But Jun says he hopes the town can be preserved as a tourist location so people can learn more about Black Coloradans, and one way to do that is through the National Park Service. For now, Deerfield will be studied by experts working with the NPS to see if it fits the criteria to be a national monument. Jun says a key goal of the Park Service's study is to find the link between Deerfield and Black history in the U.S. in order to give the town its national significance. Advocates, including Jun, are hoping Deerfield can be permanently preserved through the National Park Service, but if that plan fails, there is a backup plan. In the meantime, the town's history is getting talked about more as it's considered being added to the list of national parks. Contributions to this story come from CBS News and the Greeley Tribune. If you want to get more involved with Larimer County, a handful of opportunities recently opened up to get your voice heard. Laramie County announced Monday that county advisory boards and commissions have openings to apply. Serving on a board or commission means community members can make recommendations to city officials on a variety of different local issues and matters. About 16 boards and commissions have openings. The topics have a pretty wide range. Depending on what you sign up for, you could offer your voice on topics from equity diversity and inclusion to the environment and science. You can see the full list of open advisory boards on the official county website, which is laramergovernor you You'll have until March 8th to apply. And if you don't want to be on a board, but you still want your voice heard, you could take a survey. In an announcement, the county is inviting locals to take the 2024 Larimer County Community Survey. The county says community feedback is, quote, vital in evaluating and improving our county services. The county also says the survey is an opportunity for locals to voice their opinions and needs. The survey is confidential. If you want to take the survey, you can find it on that same website mentioned earlier, which is LarimerCounty.gov. Those were your local updates. My name is Lee Zimpel. Coming up after the break, Tyler will cover the closing of a local restaurant and more in life and events.
0: is supported by Washington, supporting live and local music in Fort Collins. Upcoming shows include Lettuce on February 8th. Tickets and info at Washington'sfoco.com. Hello, I'm Tyler Weatherwax with life and events coverage. On February 2nd and 3rd, you may have heard a chainsaw in the middle of Old Town, Fort Collins, but don't worry, it was all part of one artist's creation. Thomas Barlow carved two ice sculptures in the middle of Old Town using food, wood, sand, and ice. Barlow has been creating ice carvings since he was 18 years old and still does it to this day with 26 years of experience. Coverage for this story comes from the Rocky Mountain Collegian. Fort Collins Ducks Unlimited is a local nonprofit organization that focuses on conserving wetlands in North America, including Fort Collins and all of Colorado. Their 2024 Spring Banquet has been announced for March 9th at the Hilton Fort Collins on Prospect Road. The event is planned to have food, a silent auction, and more. The proceeds of the event will contribute to wetland and open space conservation. If you would like to get tickets, prices will rise on March 2nd, so you might want to grab those before then. This story comes from North 40 News. A local Fort Collins restaurant has been closed due to a failed health inspection. The Yeti Bar and Grill located in Old Town Square was inspected on January 26th and forced to close after its inspection. According to Colorado Department of Public Health and Environment, a restaurant must close if it contains significant health hazards. The primary concern was that the bar and grill were prepared to serve customers expired food. Other concerns include improper thawing methods and cross-contamination. This story comes from K99 Radio. Take a look now at what the top college radio albums of the past week are, coming from the North American College and Community Radio chart. The top album was Sleater and Kinley's Little Rope. The number two album played at college radio stations for the past week was Letter to Self by Sprints. Kurt Vile had the number three album with uh, Was Back to the Moon. Number four was Hotline TNT's album Cartwheel. The number five spot was The Land is Inhospitable and So Are We by Mitski, whose song Me and My Husband was the seventh most played song by DJs here at KCSU last week. No Place Like Home by Vacations was the sixth most played album last week at college radio stations. Seventh was Sufjan Stevens' Javelin. Hackman took number eight with The Big Sigh." Number nine was the Black Puma's Chronicles of a Diamond album. And the 10th most played college radio station album last week was This House is Made of Corners by Bridget Calls Me Baby. If you want to learn more about what your KCSU DJ's most played songs have been recently, check out KCSUFM.com's Weekly Gems Countdowns. Coming up in local events, there are a couple of important events coming up tonight and later this week. Tonight is Cyber Safety and Social Media Education Night located at Preston Middle School. If you have a young one that is online, this may be a great time to help them learn some important safety tips for navigating social media. The event will be assisted by Officer Savage starting at 5.30 p.m. Make sure to register beforehand. For anyone looking for a little extra support in their eating disorder recovery journey, come to the Eating Disorder Support Group, starting at 5.30 p.m. at the Kendall Regan Nutrition Center. There, you can receive support from your peers, educational handouts, goal-setting skills, and more. This week for music, you can catch Abo at the Aggie Theater tomorrow night, starting at 8 p.m. The dance music producer features great remixes to get you pumped up and ready to dance. More music this week includes RJD2 with Two Scopes and Miss Mass. On Thursday night, catch some great hip-hop. The artists take inspiration from 1990s hip-hop and rap to create new and exciting music. You can catch the show at the Aggie Theater starting at 8 p.m. Coming up after the break, you'll learn why two Colorado cities are in national headlines right now. We'll be right back with Lee for National News. What's up, I'm Will. What's up, I'm Chris. And I'm Jojo. And we're from 10 After, and you're listening to 90.5 KCSU.
1: Welcome back from the break. Here are some of the stories making national headlines. And as a warning, the story coming up talks about child death. The Pueblo Police Department announced last week that they're investigating a child homicide after finding remains encased in concrete in a storage unit last month. And now police are also searching for two other missing children who have not been seen since 2018. In last week's release, police say they responded to a report of someone finding a metal container in a storage unit in Pueblo and that it was filled with hardened concrete. When investigating the metal container, police say that's when they found the child's remains. The victim hasn't been publicly identified, but the coroner plans to release a name once the child's family has been notified. In the meantime, police are looking for two other children in connection with the case. Jesus Dominguez and Yesenia Dominguez are the names of the two missing kids. Police say Jesus and Yesenia were last seen in the summer of 2018. Jesus was five years old and would be 10 today and Yesenia was three years old and would be nine today. No arrests have been made in the case yet, but police say they've interviewed two people of interest. Sergeant Franklin Ortega with Pueblo police says authorities have also talked with the parents and that the children had not been reported missing. When asked if the parents were the persons of interest, Ortega declined to say. As officials search for these children and investigate the homicide, authorities are asking anyone with information to reach out to the Pueblo Police Department. Contributions to this story come from CBS, The Colorado Sun, and The Coloradoan. The Aurora Police Department settled a civil lawsuit for nearly $2 million after officers mistook a black family's car as stolen and held them at gunpoint. The incident happened in August 2020 and bystanders took video of it. That video went viral, sparking national outrage during a summer. The video showed a woman, her sister, daughter, and nieces pulled from their car. Aurora officers then ordered them to the ground at gunpoint. Their car was mistaken by officers for a stolen one because the license plate number was the same, but the state of the plate was different. Police were looking for a Montana plate, but this family's plate was from Colorado. Brittany Gilliam says her family was out that day to get their nails, but that the day ended with traumatized children after putting palms on hot asphalt on a historically hot day and getting handcuffed. Gilliam's attorney, David Lane, said, quote, Our hope is that police officers all over the country learn that law enforcement needs to use common sense, especially when dealing with children. Lane also says the incident showed racial profiling and that a line was crossed in that traffic stop. He says he's hopeful the settlement of $1.9 million will lead to changes in how police departments handle similar situations moving forward. Aurora Police first described that traffic stop as a high-risk stop, but now Gilliam was given an apology. The apology came from the department's chief at the time, Vanessa Wilson, and Wilson offered city-paid counseling to the children. This civil lawsuit, which was filed in January 2021, was the first of its kind after a police accountability bill was signed into Colorado law. And with a settlement now reached, the Arapaho DA office said it would not file criminal charges against the officers as of now. Information for this update comes from CBS News. And with that, here's a quick look at what else you need to know. The long-negotiated, highly anticipated Senate deal on border security and wartime aid faced harsh defeat today as Senate Republicans showed their opposition. The bloc leaves President Joe Biden without a clear way to send aid to Ukraine through Congress or to address any border issues for Republicans. The wall of opposition is being led by Donald Trump, who rejected the deal under the idea it is still insufficient. Democratic Senate Leader Chuck Schumer says today was a gloomy day in the Senate. The deal was months in the making, so striking it down was a big moment for both parties and for the people affected by the issues the deal aimed to address. Then, also today, a federal appeals court ruled that Donald Trump is not immune from prosecution in his 2020 election interference case. The ruling directly rejects Trump's claims that he is immune from prosecution. The ruling also gives some momentum to the case, which has been stalled for weeks as the court considered the appeal. Trump's team is hoping to appeal again, this time getting the Supreme Court involved. Trump is looking to delay the trial date until after the November election. As the Republican frontrunner, if he wins over Biden, he could possibly pardon himself. Prosecutors are pushing to have the trial and prosecute Trump this year. And lastly, Los Angeles saw over 300 mudslides from the historic storm that's been drenching Southern California. The storm began to ease up this morning, but it showered LA with nearly half of the rainfall it sees over a whole season in the span of just two days. Experts are saying the storm could linger for another day, with some areas getting quick but intense downpours that could bring an inch of rain in an hour. Most of Southern California is still under flood watch, and officials warn there could be more mudslides. That'll wrap up your national news for now. We'll take a break, and when we come back, Tyler will bring you the latest in sports.
0: Hi, my name is Charles. You're listening to Import 5, KCSU for comment. Hello, I'm Tyler Weatherwax covering your Colorado State University Rams sports. On January 27th, CSU Women's Basketball celebrated Cancer Warriors at their home game against San Jose State. The event is a partnership with CSU and UC Health. Each player on the team partners up with a Cancer Warrior at UC Health for the game. The crowd for the game was sold out and was a great night for everyone after San Jose State lost to the Rams. The Rams celebrated after beating them 65-49. to If you want to keep up your support for the CSU women's basketball team, you can catch their next game tomorrow night at Moby Arena, 7-12 Fresno State Bulldogs. The game is set to start at 6.30 p.m. And don't forget to grab your orange Aggie shirts either, as the game is an orange out game. And if you really can't wait for more CSU Rams sports, you can go support the CSU men's basketball team tonight at Moby Arena. CSU will be facing off against Boise State with a starting time of 7pm. And once again you'll need some special attire as tonight's game is a whiteout game. And now you'll get your Fort Collins weather forecast with Lee.
1: This week it could be wet so you might want to carry an umbrella or some boots if you'll be outside. Today we were actually pretty in the clear. It was mostly cloudy but dry. We saw a high of 52 degrees and some calm wind. Tonight we'll keep that mostly cloudy sky and a gentle breeze. The low will dip to around 26. Then, on Wednesday, we'll see a chance for rain just before noon. Tomorrow, will start out partly sunny and temperatures will peak at about 53 degrees. The afternoon should bring some more calm winds. Wednesday night, that chance of rain could mix with some snow after 9 p.m. It'll be mostly clear and through the night. Into Thursday morning, it'll end up being mostly cloudy, but skies should stay dry or we'll reach a high of 49 and you can expect some more wind instead of rain. Thursday night, the low chance for snow could make it come back until 11 p.m. Temps will drop as low as 21 degrees, and the sky will stay mostly cloudy. If you want the rest of the forecast, you can catch that near the end of the show on Thursday. We'll be here at 4 p.m. as always. Information for this forecast comes from the National Weather Service. And that is all for today. We would like to thank Damien Castile for our amazing theme music. also like to thank the rest of our staff here at KCSU and Rocky Mountain Student Media. We couldn't do this without you.
0: Finally, we couldn't do this without you, dear listener, so thank you. If you missed any part of today's show, you can find the RMR podcast on kcsufm.com under the news or podcast section. You can also find us on Spotify or anywhere else you listen to your podcasts by searching KCSU News. And with that, we'll see you next time.